Good morning. This was one of those days where you could have said, you know, it's raining, there's nothing else to do, let's just go to church. Or you could have said, it's raining, man, it feels so good just to stay in bed. <laughs> just let it listen to it on the windows outside and just stay right where you're at. So we're excited that you got up and came to church this morning. It's good to see your face. It's good to see some faces that have known me since I was just a young man. I really haven't changed that much, have I? Other than the gray, I'm looking at her, he's like, other than the gray in my beard, my hair's about the same. Maybe I've lost a little bit of hair since um, the time we first started meeting together. When I first started attending the church at the Baptist Church in Platte City in 1993, maybe it was 92, 93, somewhere around in there. But it's been a great uh, journey to watch us all grow up together in the Lord. And so we discovered uh, this week, we'll move on from that, we discovered this week that there are people listening to our podcast all over the world. Now that makes me feel really excited, except for it's probably it's just people that I know, and I, maybe I sent them an invitation, maybe not, I don't know. But so I wanted to give a welcome to those that are listening via the podcast in uh, different languages. So bienvenido, so if you're a little Spanish, welcome, right, which is German, not a great German, but speaking of Germany, we have a, a special person with us today, I won't embarrass her too much. But Josephine is from Germany. She's a foreign exchange student. She'll be with us this year, so we're excited that she's here. Welcome is Dutch. Dobra Pojavalat is a bad version of Russian. And then Aholan Wasaholan is Arabic, which literally means you have arrived among family. And this is a place of hospitality. So welcome to this place. We also wanted you to know that the free weekend applies here at church. It extends on here at church. All financial gifts are tax-free today and even tax-deductible. Just thought you should know that in case you haven't spent all your money at the stores for tax-free weekend. We're so excited that you're being obedient to last week's topic when we talked about being devoted to the fellowship so that you came back this morning and you're here. So you're, you're, you're listening last week and you're, and you're actually putting it into practice. But this week we want to look at the last part of the things that we're devoted to, and that is being devoted to prayer. So look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And so as you're turning to that, you can just repeat these words after me. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This quote, this quote was, uh, I've heard it a lot over the years through uh, Pastor Rusty Savage at the Baptist Church, and it was actually quoted by a man named John Bunyan, and it says, you can do more than pray after you have prayed. See, you hear that? You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you've prayed. So let us pray. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you that you listen to us when we pray Lord, it is good for our hearts to be right with you, uh, to have a communication that is two-way. It's you listening, and it's us listening to you. God, I pray that this morning that you would teach us something new about you, uh, new about prayer. Remind us of how important it is to pray. Thank you that we can even pray right now. We come before you as a body of believers that says we're two or more gathered. There you are among us, and so here we are, Lord. And we thank you that uh, it doesn't just have to be in church where we can pray. We can pray anywhere, anytime. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful for what Jesus has done to make that possible for us. And so we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So in this passage of Scripture, when it's talking about being devoted to prayer, literally in the Greek, the word means something like, um, like earnestly seeking. Or even, even it kind of has something to do with a place of prayer, like a, a specific location where you earnestly seek God. And so Acts chapter 3, it gives us an example right away um, of what the disciples were doing. It says they were devoted to prayer. And it says in Acts chapter 3, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So in that culture, there were, there were times where there, if you were a, um, a person who grew up in the faith, the people of Israel growing up in the faith, they would know that there were times set aside for prayer, 6 a.m., how many of you are 6 a.m. prayer people? Not many. <laughs> 9 a.m. or 12 noon or 3 p.m. or 6 p.m. were the time set aside for prayer. Now, obviously, we know that we don't have to just come to God at that particular time. That now, through what Christ has done for us, uh, we can come to God anytime, right? And so isn't it good that there's not like, like here at the Y, you come in and it doesn't open until 10 a.m.? So you, if you come earlier, you can't get in. We're glad God's not like that, right? Like you get up a little early and God's not listening. Sometimes you think, man, I get up so early, I don't even think God's awake. Does anybody get up that early to go to work? <laughs> you feel that way sometimes? Yeah. Um, or it's good that God doesn't close. Five o'clock, the Y is going to close. They make you leave. Ding, ding, ding. The little thing comes on. Like, attention, Y, you know, clients or whatever. It's like you finish up your workout and get out of here so we can go home. Well, it's a good thing that God doesn't close. Like if you go to before the Lord and, and it's like, well, man, I'm five minutes too late. He closed the door. He's not listening. It's good that that's not the case. So they went up to the t temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Why do you think he chose that place? Isn't it interesting that he chose that particular location? Maybe he was thinking, well, these church people are nicer than most people. They should be more generous than most people. Maybe they'll give me more than if I went to another place where they weren't going to the temple to pray. Like, man, if I was a beggar, if I was someone that was a homeless person, I would camp myself outside the church, thinking that maybe people would be even more generous because they uh, are told to give and, and how important it is that, that that's who we're supposed to be. God knows that we are his because of our love and the way we love one another and the way we love others. He was pretty strategic, I think. It's a little bit kind of like, why did that girl put her Girl Scout cookie thing right outside the medical marijuana store? Why, is that, why did she do that? 117 boxes in two hours. That's why she did that. She was smart. She knew exactly where she needed to be. It was interesting, I was thinking about this guy um, being there looking for, looking for a handout. One day I was driving down I-29, I took 72nd Street. I was actually going to go treat myself to like a big uh, pork tenderloin sandwich and fries at Gator's Bar and Grill, all right? You smell, this, you smell terrible when you walk out of there, but the food is really, really good. And so I, so I but on my way, I had this $10 in my pocket, it was, burn, it was burning a hole in my pocket, and all of a sudden, I see this man, and I just drive on past him. And then, then I feel like this, I'm supposed to go give him this money. No, man, come on, God, I wanted this pork tenderloin sandwich. Oh, okay, fine. So I turned around, and I got out of my car. And literally, the first thing this guy said to me was like, hey, I'm a Christian. I was like, 
wow, I'm a Baptist, he said. I was like, wait a minute, how would you know I'm a Baptist Christian? That's really odd that you would know. I think he almost knew that if he told me that, he would, I would actually give him money. Like, he, he, knew, he knew the drill, right? He knew that if he presented himself that way, he would get something from me. It's really interesting. So just like this guy goes to this temple gate, he goes and he obviously, he's looking for something. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money because that's what he thought he needed more than anything else. And Peter looked straight at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And so you can read the rest of the story. He walked, he gets up, and he's, he's, his life has changed because he got what he really needed more than what he really wanted in that particular, in that particular case. So it was said that uh, when we talk about times of prayer and things like that, it was said that Jesus would often get up early while it was still dark, and he would go and pray. Maybe he was the 6 o'clock prayer guy. Like, he said, I'll be there. I don't know if anybody else is going to be there, but that's where I'll be when I pray. And so I want, to, I want you to I want to share a little bit about what I feel like, um, when I think about prayer, I think, I think about this. I think about, um, I think about God crouching down to get on my level. You know, um, when I first, we first started the church, I talked about I have this part-time job, and some of you don't know this, and this is not, I'm going to just use this as an illustration, um, but I am a Casey Wolf substitute. Two times yesterday, I got in this hot, sweaty costume and made people laugh, and I got to act like an idiot. Instead of being a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, I'm a sheep in wolf's clothing. Come on, you got to give me more than that. But I'm pumped. Thank you, thank you. I've been working on that all weekend delivered it it was okay you did good (laughs) but in that costume I am huge I'm intimidating little kids either love me or they will run for their life when they see me screaming and I'm just kind of like oh sorry I can't say anything I just walk away I'm sorry I didn't mean to scare them but there's something about when I crouch down and get a little bit looks I'm seven foot tall in that costume but when I get down as low as I can get maybe sit down on the floor and extend my hand, I can usually win them over most of the time. When we pray, we might think that God is so intimidating, that he's unapproachable. We're scared. We're maybe scared of what he's going to say, scared of what it is that he's going to do. But God, it says in Scripture so many times in Psalm, like, give me your ear. Like, he gives us his ear. Like, he bends down. And, he, and he's listening to us. He literally took getting down to our level so seriously, he sent Jesus to be God in the flesh so that he could get down on our level, so he could understand, so he could hear us, so he could understand what it is that we're going through. He can be there with us, extending his hand literally for us. So do you have a set routine? This is just a little bit of interaction time here. Do you have a set routine when it comes to prayer? I mean, how many of you are like, you're disciplined and you've got a routine and you stick to it pretty much every day? Like you, it's so, you get up, you get your cup of coffee, you get your, your quiet time or whatever. If you've got kids, that's hard to find. That's why you have to get up early, you know, till, before they get up. So how many of you just raise your hand if you have a set routine? You're pretty disciplined and structured. Okay, that's good. Okay. 
I try, but man, I just... And how many of you ever felt bad when you think you just got your set routine and it just doesn't happen, and you just feel like you just blow it, and you're like, oh, I miss it again, God, God's just going to just give up on me. You ever felt that way? <laughs> it's like, because it's like, there's New Year, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day at a certain time, and you start out, and about three days in, you fail, and you're like, forget it, I'll just start over next year. <laughs> um, where do you pray the most? Somebody tell me, where do you pray the most? In the shower. That's good. I actually wrote that down because that is, that's a real place that you just quiet alone with your thoughts. Maybe you're singing and praying at the same time. I mean, how many of you sing in the shower? No, I don't, I don't really care if you sing in the shower. Um, how many of you pray a lot in the car? I, mean, I drove back from Branson yesterday, left about 6 a.m., and I prayed most of the way home. Uh, God, please keep me awake because <laughs> I got to get to where I'm going. Pray my car wouldn't break down, whatever. Uh, how many of you pray in a deer stand? Any hunters in the room? You're, what are you praying? Like, God, please send that big buck. You know, it's just, just one time, Lord. I promise you, just give me this big one. That'll be the last time, all right? I'll ask you for that. Uh, how, about, how many pray when you're mowing? Any mowing prayers? Yeah, it's something about that, you know. It's just routine. It's just like you're just praying. Um, how about walking? Anybody, when you're exercising, like walking, we got prayer walkers. Okay, that's good. Speaking of prayer walking, uh, next Sunday... In the evening, I think it's 6 a.m., I believe. Is it on, it's on their announcements or not? Is it 7? All right. Okay, we're going to meet at the schools here, meet at the high school in Platte City, and then we're going to spread out and go to different schools. We ought to find some w- way to get up to Plattsburgh and to pray around the school that you're going to be working at. All right, so we need to pray for our schools. Prayer, just walking as we're praying. How about mealtime prayers? Yeah, most, most of the time we pray. I, I know my kids, just, we're all, they're waiting, their food's getting cold, they're looking, Dad, come on, we're gonna, oh, we're, we gotta pray, you know? One of the favorite things that we do is like when, our, when my father-in-law, he's 92 years old, he still has the most awesome mealtime prayers. Like he says the same thing almost every single time, but it's just like music to your ears. How many of you pray at restaurants? You know, when you go and eat before you meal at restaurants, you know? How many of you ever ask your server if you can pray for them? Hey, we're getting ready to pray for our meal right now. And I don't do this every, don't think I'm like super religious and I like do this every single time, but I feel led to, I'll say, hey, we're getting ready to pray for our meal. Is there anything in particular we can pray about for you? One time has it ever been turned down. Every other time they're like, wow, I don't even know. I mean, gee, I don't know. Maybe pray that I make some more money. (laughs) Pray pray you'd give me a good tip. (laughs) Pray you're not a cheapskate, whatever. (laughs) You know, so you, it's just a way to connect with that, that particular person. Prayers before you go to sleep. Bedtime prayers. How many of you have fallen asleep while praying? I've fallen asleep in mid-sentence praying with my wife. I'll just finish it the next morning when I wake up. <laughs> Is snoring a form of prayer that I'm praying all night long? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Until my wife elbows me and tells me to stop. <laughs> praying for each other. We, once again, I'm not super diligent about this we do it as much as we can or much as we remember to or whatever but uh pray i pray for my wife and then she prays for me before we go to sleep there's something real intimate and powerful about that time is prayer your last resort or your first response does god answer every prayer you pray it's an interesting thought what about when you pray for healing but the healing doesn't come that's actually a song by a band called cutlass it, when you pray for healing, but the healing doesn't come. It goes on to say, when life falls apart and dreams are still undone, is God still good? Is he still faithful? 
So prayer is a two-way communication between God and man. Remember last week, if you were here, and those of you listening on podcast, we had two young ladies sitting here with their arms extended to each other, representing giving and receiving. It's the same thing when it comes to prayer. Instead, we extend our hands to God, and we're giving and we're receiving. It's got to be a two-way communication. It's not just, hey, God, here's my list of things you need to do for me. All right, get on that and just let me know how how that's going. (laughs) But instead, it's like, God, here's what I need from you. And then it's like, God, what do you need from me? Speak to me. Like, I'm listening. Because you need to listen and speak in prayer. So who should pray? Prayer has no boundaries. It has no limits. There's no age or size restriction like at the theme parks. I was joking about this earlier when doing a sound check. You know, at theme parks, you're like, all right, you have to be this tall in order to get on this ride. And you get up there and you're like, oh, man, no. Isn't it good that God doesn't have a size restriction when it comes to prayer? No matter big or old you are, God listens. Matter of fact, there's something about when children pray. It's, just, it's powerful when children pray. Uh, a few weeks ago when we did the baby dedications, there's a family that had a little girl, Lily Joe, and they have a, she has a big brother named Noah, and Noah is a precious little boy. And Noah came up to me one time, I was at Vineyard Church, and he came up and he said, he mumbled something, and I, was, I, got, I got down on his level, and I said, well, he said, can you pray for me? And I'm like, well, yeah. And I said, well, you want to pray right here? He's like, no. And he took me all the way into the sanctuary, up onto the stage to pray for him. So I prayed, and then he mumbled something, and his dad said, well, he wants to pray for you now. You can better believe I was all in for that. Because what a pure heart. Just, pa- you know, it was like four words, but it was like powerful words from a four-year-old little boy or whatever. He's just, I just wanted to pray for you. So there's no age or size restriction. The righteous, those who belong to Jesus, should pray because their, pro- their prayers are powerful and effective, the Bible says in cha- James chapter 5. Do you think our, our closeness with God, our, our, when, our, when we're obedient, we're walking with Him um, the best that we can, do you think that affects how powerful our prayers are? I, I, th- I think so because I know that when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I feel distant. and I feel like maybe He's not listening. It's not that He's not listening. It's just that I'm probably not communicating very well. Men, there's a challenge for you. Your greatest position of power is on your knees. It's the most powerful place you can be as a man. Now you think, well, that doesn't make sense because I feel more vulnerable there. Now, Phil, I don't know if I'm right about this, but when you are wrestling, you know, you got the, when when the guy's down on his hands and knees and then the guy's on top, you... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I would think that you might, people might think, well, you're vulnerable being down on your knees, but there might, there's something about that position. I don't know. Is that, is that true? It is true. Yeah, you may think, well, I got the upper hand because I'm on top of this guy, but man, you're on, a, you're on hands and knees and you're in just a solid position. You, there's so many things you can do. I never wrestled, but I've just seen it before. And so on our knees, is, there's power there. You know, Jesus prayed when we asked who should pray. In Hebrews, it says that during this, his time on earth, Jesus offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Have we ever gotten to the place where we just pray with fervency to the point where we're just weeping before the Lord? Not, not, it's not like when God 
when we just get in a place in our life where we have no choice to do that, but when we just choose on our own to go before the Lord with, with tears and just crying out to the Lord, to the one who can save us from death. When is the best time to pray? We talked about 6 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever. Well, I think when you, when, you are, when you start thinking about praying or when someone asks you to pray for them, that's the best time to pray. Pray now and later. And follow up with, with them if possible. If someone says, you know, hey, hey, Brady, I just asked you to be praying for me, man. Oh, okay. Well, if you have the opportunity, pray right then because you may not have the time later on. You might, something might happen to you or them. And so... So pray right then. And so I, I have a confession. I have a confession to make. Everybody's listening now. What? what? He's going to confess something. So last night, Ryan, the, the guy up here singing, he told me this situation that was going on at his work, and he said, man, so would just be praying for me? And I didn't do it right then, Ryan. Great. Yes, great. I just blew it. <laughs> I just want to pray right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Ryan, pray for that situation that's going on at work. God, that you would... I pray for justice, that everybody in that situation would get what it is that they deserve. And you know all that, all that, all that, that means, Lord. We ask for that. And give Ryan courage and strength as, as a boss, as a leader, to do what he knows is right in God's eyes. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, good. So I'm done. Just take that off my list. <laughs> I don't have to forget about that now. So what should we pray? Well, I like to use Scripture because I think it's just the most powerful thing to pray. When you're anxious, in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay? And the God, uh, God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, and he'll give you this peace that transcends all understanding. So, so it, it, not only does it make you sound good, <laughs> actually, this has nothing to do with sounding good, but it makes, those words are powerful when you give God's word back to him. Like, he gives it to us, and we give it back and say, God, Help me not be anxious. I mean, that's, a, that's an issue we all struggle with. We're all anxious about things going on in our world. How many of you are anxious about what's going on over in Israel? I mean, it's a crazy time. What's going on in our own homes, in our own hearts? And we can come before the Lord and we can pray his word. Um, when, I, when I feel like I'm not right before the Lord, Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Blot out, just get rid of all my sin. And that's what I know to pray. There's another song that says, when you don't know what to pray, just say Jesus. Maybe that's all you can say. It's just Jesus. I've heard someone praying one time and behind me, he's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> that's a good word. I like that. Or when you don't know what to pray, Romans chapter 8 says, God, the Holy Spirit will intercede for you with groanings too deep for words. You don't even know, have to know what to pray. Just say, God, I don't even know what to pray. Just pray for me. The Holy Spirit will do a better job. You know, he knows our hearts and he knows the Lord, so he knows what to say. Jesus prayed for God's will to be done in the garden. He says, God, I don't know. Just, just your will be done, not my will. Prayer keeps us from sin. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But unfortunately, sin keeps us from prayer. Think about that. We might feel like, man, I just, I don't, I'm just going to avoid God because I just have blown it. I just want to be around. It's like kids, you know how that goes when you messed up and you're just like, man, I hope my parents don't see me now. You know, I'm just trying to like, I'll just stay in my room. I'll clean my room. <laughs> of course, then they'll know something's up if you start cleaning your room without them asking you. 
We might avoid, we might believe the lie that God doesn't love us anymore and we, ice, we isolate ourselves from the very one who can help us the most. But, it says in Scripture, God will not despise a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Like when we come before the Lord just in humility, if we confess in humility, the Scripture says and He heals and forgives us. Like He wants us to come to Him like that. I've never despised my children or denied them when they come to me in humility and say, Dad, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's too late. No. Get down on their level and say, man, you know, God, I'm so sorry. I want, I, I love you. How long should we pray? Well, continually. <laughs> With your eyes closed as you're driving. No, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> in, in Luke chapter 18, there's a, a little story I want to share, and then uh, we have a testimony coming up here in just a little bit, and so I'm just about the power of prayer. So Luke chapter 18. It's a great story about uh, Jesus teaching his disciples, shared, shared a parable with them, showed them how they should always pray and not give up. So Luke 18. There's a widow, she's seeking justice from her adversary. Someone has done something wrong, and she's seeking justice. So Jesus said in uh, verse 2, he says, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> so it's a little self-preservation for the judge. But... And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so praying with this persistency, like not giving up. We built a house for a widow in Peru in 2006. We went there on a mission trip, and uh, we found this woman that was involved in the community, and so they built this house. We would have built a brick house around her, her like, trash house that she was living in. And it was incredible to see the look on her face, and we completed the work. We went back in 2008, and we saw her again. And she told us a story about her, how her brother-in-law, her, her, her husband had been dead. Her brother-in-law was trying to take the house from her. And he was doing all kinds of things against her and trying to get the courts against her or whatever. But she kept praying and she kept praying. And then her brother-in-law died. Justice. And then the house was hers. She didn't have to worry about it anymore. She cried out to the Lord. So when you see Scripture come alive in person, it's pretty amazing. But justice is just one benefit of prayer. What are some of the other reasons that we should pray? Well, for one, prayer is the reason why some of you are here today. Maybe all of you are here today. I know prayer is the reason why I am here today. I had a mom who prayed for me constantly. I have a wife who, that's her gift. <laughs> I had a pastor who prayed for me and spoke life into me. I have a friend named Stephanie who called and said, hey, God's put it on our heart to call you to, to come and be our pastor. 
Uh, I have friends who have prayed for us and interceded for us and revealed things to us through prayer. I have a, a friend who, uh, when she was praying for me one day, and I was sitting there, and we were praying, I'm thinking, man, I just need a word from the Lord. I need somebody to tell me that God's listening because he, he knows my situation. And this woman t- tells me, Brady, God knows that you're in a box, and he's going to deliver you out of that box. I needed to hear that that day. Well, that woman who prayed that is here today, and she is... Her, she has just a passion for prayer, and so I asked Dana to come and just share the benefits that she's experienced through prayer. So everyone, this is Dana Batten. You can clap, yeah. Thank you. Well, when Brady called and mentioned to me, I'd like you to come and share how, pow- how prayer has empowered your life and how it's impacted your life, I thought. How can I explain what's life and breath to me? How do I put in words what is everything to me? If you'd asked me about 20 plus years ago what prayer was, I said, I would have told you it's talking to God. It's me talking to God. But let me tell you, it's so much more. Brady, I love that picture he said when he's talking about Casey Wolf, how, you know, he got, gets down and he's right there with you. Think about that. He was saying like a father gets down to a son or a daughter. And that's, if your child comes to you or if that child's there for you, that's at any moment, at any time. You're not going to say, oh, sorry, go on. I'll catch up with you later. That's the same thing for us. There's several ways that my life has been impacted and empowered by prayer. One of them is healing. I um, came from a past that was difficult, and I needed healing in my life. I didn't have right relationship with God, and I didn't have right relationship with other people. And so James 5.16 says to us, confess your sins one to another, then pray for each other that you might be healed. Now that's a practice that I began to put into my life, and it's one we all need to know because, you know, there were things that I had forgiven somebody, I thought, a hundred times, and yet there was a thing in my heart that still hurt over that. I had missed the point that there's power in prayer and having others pray for you so that you can be healed. I've worked for many years in healing and deliverance ministries, and um, I am telling you, I have, there's things that I have seen that have blown my mind through the power of prayer. God has healed people physically, spiritually, and mentally. Another way that prayer has impacted my life personally is that it gives me strength. You know, there are moments and things that sometimes are in front of me that I think, I can't do this. There is, there's no way that I have the even know how to do it. Or there's no way I can even continue to walk through that. And yet, I can find strength through prayer. And, and Jesus did this. Jesus, when the crucifixion was before him, in Luke 23, what does he do? He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he gets on his knees and cries out in prayer to the Father and says, Father, I can't do this. Luke 23 tells us that an angel of the Lord came and strengthened him. We'll find strength in prayer. Another thing is that um, we can get revelation and insight through prayer. 
And because this prayer is not uh, um, necessarily um, always a moment in time, but it's a lifestyle, it's how we live and move and breathe and have relationship with Jesus, he will show us things that we don't know. There was a time I was in a ministry or counseling appointment with a lady that came into the church I was working at. And she, she wasn't from our church, so no one knew her, but she came in and said, I need help. So I'd been visiting with her for about an hour. And um, I was thinking, God, we're not going anywhere. I don't know what to do. I have no idea how to help her. And I'm thinking this. I'm just saying this simple prayer in my mind. And I said, God, she needs to know you love her. And God downloaded into my mind a situation. Mind you, I have never met this woman before. And he said to me, he said, tell her, remember when you were in the kitchen with your father? And he told me a situation and said, tell her I was there, that I knew, that I saw, and that I love her. And the moment I spoke that thing that God had revealed to me for the purpose of drawing her closer to him, she began to sob. And she said, God knows. And I said, God was right there with you. God, and sometimes when I'm praying and interceding for someone, he'll, he'll just show me how to pray for them. Or maybe he'll ask me to go and tell them something. We get revelation and insight through prayer. And in John 4, this very thing happens as well. Jesus does this because he has a constant life and communication and openness to his father. What happens to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well? He tells her. He's never met her. Her story says, you've been, you've been married five times, and in fact, now you're living with a man that's not even your husband. God wants to show us things for the purpose of drawing others towards him. And Brady mentioned one of the last ones I have here. It's peace. We're told to pray when we're anxious. I, myself, and many of us do, we struggle with anxiousness and fear. Well, in those times and in those moments, that's not what God has for us. God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we are to pray and cry out. And just as Brady mentioned in those verses, it says, be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him what he's done. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God wants to give you peace. If you, I tell you all these things, and there's so, so much more to the depth that God wants to do in relationship with you. You see, like I said, it's life and breath to me. Prayer is simply my relationship with God. It's a back and forth. It's an always continual, constant thing. Brady also mentioned that we're to pray continually. It's a lifestyle. If you think or have thought at any time, like I did, that prayer is simply talking to God, I just want to encourage you. Let him show you. Let him show you the depths of everything he's wanting to do in and through you. Build that personal, intimate relationship with him through the practice of prayer.
Thank you, Dana. It's awesome. Why is it that fear keeps us from prayer? I mean, what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of the answer? <laughs> and we're afraid of what God's going to say because then we've got to then respond. Like when he gives us his response and then we've got to do something with that. You know, but reality is, is followers of Jesus, if we have put our faith in him, we have authority in prayer. We don't have to have a spirit of fear. There's power in our prayer. And the reason why we have authority is because in, in the book of Hebrews, again, it t- talks about Jesus who is a high priest. You know, the priest would go in and offer a sacrifice annually for the sins of the people. But Jesus was greater than that because he went and offered himself as a sacrifice. It says he offered himself as a sacrifice and he ascended into heaven. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our temptations. But yet, he was without sin. He's different than any other priest ever before and ever will be. He gets it. He knows. He knows what we're afraid of. He knows the things that hinder us. He understands. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death by offering himself as that perfect sacrifice. He defeated the power of death by raising from the grave. Now it says that Jesus is the mediator between God and man. I mean, think about someone who's in mediation. There's two two people that just can't figure it out. Someone needs to come in and make it right, to to give some direction and some some counsel. And no, you need to think about it this way. And no, you should see it this way. And let's bring you together so that we can work together to accomplish more. Jesus brought reconciliation between God and sinful man, the mediator. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus, because he mediates, he intercedes us. Think about it this way. The Holy Spirit comes to to, to teach us what to pray and give us the words, and then we hand them over to Jesus, and Jesus takes us us before the Father. Hey, listen. Listen to what my son is praying. Here's what he needs. This is what's going on. And Jesus intercedes for us. He talks to the Father on our behalf. He's worthy to talk to the Father. We can come to the Father through him. Only through him can we come before him. We can When we trust in Jesus, it says, we do it in prayer. Like, we cannot call upon God without prayer. Like, that's the first thing that must happen. Listen to this quote from Mother Teresa. She said, prayer enlarges the heart until it's capable of containing God's gift of himself. Your heart must be enlarged in order to handle what it is God has for you. And the good news is we don't have to sacrifice ourselves for our sin because Jesus has already done that he finished that work on the cross and he lives scripture says to intercede for us therefore it says we can approach the throne of grace with confidence you can come before him and ask him for what it is that you need so the worship team is going to come And I just encourage you, worship and pray. Come boldly before the Lord today. What do you need from Him? I mean, you can, some of you, I know your story, and you come to me and you say, this is what I need, this is what's going on. And and I'd be more than happy to pray with you. If you need someone to pray with you, 
then, uh, then just ask, and we will pray. But you can come boldly before the Lord right now on your own. He's waiting. Like God is, is kneeling down. His ear is extended to you, and he's saying, I'm listening. What do you need? You can come before him in prayer. So guys, come on up. So this is a great opportunity to practice these things. So speak and also listen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. And, and listen, if the Lord has opened your heart, <laughs> enlarged it today to receive his gift, then ask him for it. Say, God, Jesus, come and live inside of me, you know, so that I can have you to intercede for me, you know, so that you can pray and God can hear you. And, and it doesn't mean that life will be perfect from this moment on because we know we have struggles in this life. But Jesus has overcome this life. He's overcome this world, and we can overcome it with him. And so we just encourage you, if you have not put your faith in Jesus, don't put it in me. <laughs> don't put it in this place. Put it in him. For he's the one worthy for sure. Well, we want to remind you that uh, next weekend or next Sunday we'll be meeting at the schools to pray. And also that uh, the weekend after that we'll be doing our, our picnic and our baptisms. We have some that have talked about wanting to be baptized. And if God has opened up your heart to that, then, then you've got to take the next step. You have to say, hey, Brady, I want to do that. Or, or just come with a towel. Be ready, to, be ready to go. And then let's just pray now. As we finish, we'll pray for the offering. And you have the opportunity to give today. If you've come prepared to do that, you'll do that on the way out. That's why these lovely ladies, all the way from Germany to take up the offering. This is Josephine. <laughs> what a blessing that she's here with us. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you want to communicate with us. You, you were so so committed to that, that you sent Jesus to come to um, be a living example for us on this earth. And Jesus, we praise you and we thank you that you did what was necessary. You finished your work here on earth in order to sit at the right hand of the Father to intercede for all of us that are here right now. God, I pray a blessing upon the gifts that will be given. Uh, Lord, help us to um, just be good stewards with it, to figure out how we can best use everything that is given to to take this message of the good news of Jesus Christ so that everybody that needs to hear it can hear it. We thank you. We pray blessing upon these people that are here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.